What's up, everyone? If you were wondering how I've done this podcast, it's based off the Anchor. All you have to do is unload the Anchor app. And even better, guys, it's free. You could also possibly be getting paid to do this. I mean, all you got to do is just download the app. Speak your mind. If you ever dreamed of making a podcast or just anything, let your voice be heard. You can also be known on Spotify, Apple, or anything download. Just go on the Anchor app. What's up, everyone? Thank y'all for joining me with Buzzing with Marlo. I am Warren Marlo, and I just want to simply say Happy Thanksgiving, fam. I mean, it's been a wild year. Luckily, Thanksgiving is not going to get affected by COVID. So today, everyone, eat your turkey, eat your ham, get some mashed potatoes, and eat your yams, because today is okay. It's all right. Families joined together. People united. It's going to be an amazing day. Also, today's special. I am publishing this episode on a Thanksgiving. I feel very joyed and blessed of just all I have gotten since I've started this podcast in April. I mean, it has been a wild ride, a wild adventure. We are literally almost hitting almost the end of this year. I mean, I started this just not knowing where it was going to go but man it's just amazing of where we have gotten so far with all my great guests that i've had so far all my wonderful listeners and thank you for anchor all these guys that literally are keep publishing and helping guys express their ways of never being able to be expressed uh just bringing so much knowledge to just so many open-minded people helping people understand situations and other people's circumstances i mean it's been just a wild ride and i'm nowhere near of quitting no more nowhere's near of hanging it up so let's keep it going today's episode i'm gonna be joined with jed churchenko jed churchenko is a marriage and family counselor i mean he does so much wonderful work when it regards to marriage uh jed has had experiences to where it's actually helped him help him pursue this gig to help him uh really understand stuff that what causes marriages to fall what causes marriages to come together and i mean today we will be discussing about life in quarantine because jed is uh currently lives in minnesota so obviously quarantine's been a little bit different compared to where we are on some things because i mean people every state every country is different so i mean it's just it was just awesome to get a feel on just about his family talk about homeschooling and then we go straight into talking about his novels talk about uh his 
his experiences that he has had to actually help him become a marriage and children's counselor and also just all the great achievements that he has also so when we come back we will be joined with jed churchenko all right i know people go to gyms day in and day out trying to find a way to get in shape they also told by personal trainers to lose weight is to be on the treadmill you do that for so much and they don't get the results if you are the person that i am describing go check out vector fit i mean is check out thomas hatton he is a trained personal trainer he is a nutritionist he writes down your workout plans he gets you the result that you are needing and even better guys i know we have that hard word that's the word dieting and let me tell you he brings a whole different level to that word it is not just you not eat cake you don't eat anything no he brings out what you really need for your body he puts a training program specifically for your body so check out vector fit at facebook at vector fit you can also check him out on instagram at vector fit um and also if you need to if you're not really fond of social media you can also call him at 904-548-8479 that is 904-548-8479 that is vector fit in Yulee, florida area thomas hatton y'all so if y'all want to change your body hit him up To being the new member of the RASP Rebellion. I want everyone to go to the website repsports, R-E-P-P, sports.com and get 15% off on your first purchase if you do the promo code AP2420. And you have to type in the capital letters of AP2420. And like I said, you get 15% off. I know with the hard times in quarantine, Honestly, supplements are going to be the best way to go. They've got BCAs. They have the energy drinks. They have pre-workouts, uh, whey proteins and stuff. I would love everyone to go to repsports.com to get and use the promo code AP2420, which is capital letters AP2420, to get 15% off on your first purchase. Thank you all. I'm joined with Jed Jerchenko. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing fa- fantastic, and I am honored to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. No problem, man. So uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I am husband to an amazing wife, daddy to four incredible girls. I'm also a foster dad to one more and owner of a slightly crazy cat. I'm a... <laughs> I'm also a marriage and family therapist and um, wrote a couple books on marriage, relationships, parenting, and really just love people and enjoy helping people connect. Okay, there you go, man. I, I, you gotta, I gotta ask you about the, the crazy cat. So why, why is the cat considered crazy? I mean, I have an animal myself. Dude. When I first met my wife, this cat literally treated everything like she was the baby of the family, like he was the baby of the family. And then to find out my wife is actually allergic to the cat, two cats, but she owns a cat. So yeah. And I was just like, and she would always be wondering why she's so sick all the time. I'm like, well, aren't you allergic to cats? And she's like, yeah, but I take my medicine. I was like, 
apparently that medicine ain't always working. <laughs> and it was just, it took her such a long time. And then we finally got rid of the cat, but she went to her sister or whatever. But, and then she realized, I feel so much better. Like, I don't, I'm not sick all the time and everything. I was like, because you had a cat. <laughs> yeah. Cats are interesting creatures and I'm right there with you. So when I grew up, my mom was allergic to cats. So we never had one. And I always knew like there was something about cats. You either loved them or hated them. You know, there's a question of, are you a cat person or a dog person? And I always thought, man, I'm a dog person. And finally we decided, all right, we're going to get a cat. Because one of our daughters really wanted one. So this was really my first mm-hmm. experience with a cat in the home. And they are a, a different kind of animal. You know, the only time I want uh, our cat wants attention is 4.30 in the morning. I'm the first one in our house up <laughs> and just loves people at 4.30 in the morning. Then a lot of the rest of the day doesn't really want anything to do with them. I'm... Uh-huh. But just interesting. We'll take off, bolt across the house for no reason at all, jump into tiny boxes and hide <laughs> out. And um, oh, takes man. care of our three-year-old almost like it's it's a mom. You know, our three-year-old gets upset and the cat kind of creeps over just to check on her and make sure she's okay. So I have no oh, idea. Wow, I can't awesome. figure our cat out, but um, definitely a different kind of pet. Funny thing is, I'm actually kind of attached <laughs> to it now. Hey, it happens in ways, man. It definitely grows on you, especially when you live with them for so long. I remember my wife's cat. Well, this is when we were still dating at the time. I remember our cat would literally pick up a slice of pizza off the, off the stove, like the top of the countertop of the stove. And I literally watched it one time. I was like, is this cat really carrying a slice of pizza off the stove right now? <laughs> And it was, you have her little head, his little head covered with this pizza on him. And he's carrying this pizza all through the house. And I told, I told my girl, I uh, told my wife at the time. And I was like, she was like, he don't do that. I was like, oh crap. Yeah, he does. And she was like, no, he don't. So I had to film him one time. She's like, how the heck is he getting that pizza in his little mouth? I was like, well, he's doing it. Because she would blame me for the pizzas being dragged in the house. I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> I'm not sitting here rubbing pizza on the floor. Like She's like, well, my head's never done that. I was like, okay. And it was just funny because when we first moved in our house, we had this, like, this little top area in the house. And it was just a real small area where only cats could get in. But our cat was super fat. So I didn't think our cat really could get up there. I didn't think our cat could really jump or anything. Well, needless to say, one day I... I woke up one morning, and I and I hear I hear Tebow. I mean, I hear Ollie just meowing nonstop. And I go to look up. He's on the very countertop of the house, on the side of the house part, and he's just looking at me. And I'm just like, "Holy cow! How the heck you got in there?" And then I found out he got stuck there because he was so fat. <laughs> I love it. Well, cats will definitely get you in trouble, and I think sometimes keep you out of trouble. Yeah, I know when our three-year-old, when she was hiding marshmallows or M&Ms and we were finding them under her cover and my wife would ask her, hey, Mm -hmm. how'd those get get there? Her response was, I don't know, mom, is either daddy or the cat. (laughs) 
when in doubt, we blame the dad, right? Blame the dad. <laughs> dad gets blamed most. Blame the cat. There you go. So, um, you have four daughters, man. I give you major props to that because I have a one-year-old daughter right now. Aww. And I've always wondered the same. I've always wondered why everyone says daughters are harder to raise than, than boys. Because I have an eight-year-old son, and my and my experience with him, he was so easy to deal with with as a baby. Like, he was calm. He didn't really want people touching him. He re- He's gotten a lot better with that, and plus he has special needs. So he had, like, sensory issues with around people. And the funny thing is I love using the joke is I could leave my son sitting somewhere, and I know that he's not going to move. My daughter, I can't blink because my daughter's already ziplined through the other end of the house probably. So it's like – and then I just noticed more things to how the daughters are compared to the boys, and I'm just like, okay, this – Everyone that keeps telling me that is completely right. Like, they are hard to raise at first. Like, it was just crazy to believe, like, how big of a difference it is from me having an eight-year-old son to my little one-year-old that's almost two now to completely just change my whole lifestyle. And then all my friends would joke around and say, so when's the next one? I said, uh-uh. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> like, love man, it. My daughter. Yeah. So um, tell me some of the experiences you had with your four, your four daughters. Yeah, kids are kids are fun, and I love what you're saying because everyone has a just unique personality. And I would say right now we are mm-hmm. kind of in the boat with most parents of just trying to figure out how to do life a little bit differently in this new world of mm-hmm. COVID and schools that are at school and then back and forth part time and online and offline yeah so really it is a just kind of different era and time to raise kids in so you know just a little bit about our daughters um they range all the way from three to 13 and um oh wow yeah love sports love soccer we have a cross-country runner um two that are homeschooled they're active, engaged, and really just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That's really cool that you're really involved with all your kids. That that's really speaks true volumes of yourself in general. Oh, well, thank because you. With teenage, I mean, with thirteen year olds and stuff, they start slowly at growing up to that. I know everything stage, and you can't really tell me something that I don't know type stage. And the funny thing is, my daughter. She can't really speak well, but she already acts like she knows everything before she even looks at you. So <laughs> I'm just like, oh, man, I'm in for it when she gets even older. Like, she's got that sassy attitude and everything else. And the craziest thing is my wife is more like the more relaxed person, calm, whatever. Mine, I'm the giddy, giddy up energy guy that literally just cannot sit down more than an hour. So we have a terrible combination for our little our little Annabelle Grace. So we like we just like tell everybody, y'all just look out for this one right here because she's either gonna be a track star, a dancer, or something like that. Because the energy she has is just unbelievable. And um, I wanted to know. So, what's some of the experiences that you've had teaching? Like, obviously, you because I mean, no one's ever taught us to literally how to be able to homeschool our child, our kids, and stuff. And 
to be honest, man, some of the learning that these kids learn nowadays is a lot more difficult than what we know. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It, it's crazy to believe some of that stuff. And I mean, with this way the world is right now, it, it just blows my mind of we're trying to get it back to what we used to have, but it obviously we still got to get adjusted to the being a father of a child that has homeschool and stuff, but I don't have my son fully here all the time because he lives with his mom. So I only have my daughter at the time, but that's why I'm really expressing to see really lifestyle with my one-year-old because I'm actually seeing her all the time. And it's crazy to believe, like, the experience that I thought I had raising an eight-year-old, which I didn't have all the time because obviously me and his mother are not together and me and his mother are completely in different areas. It's just crazy to believe it's like, oh man, how much of a real rookie I was <laughs> raising my daughter in ways too, because it's just like, oh, okay, apparently that don't work for what worked for Matthew and stuff like that. So I've noticed some of the stuff for homeschooling. Some of the music, I never knew really they had music projects and stuff like that. And I'm just looking at my son, I'm like, did you get anything to teach you anything of this? And he looked at me and goes, no, they just showed me on computer said I got to do this. I was like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> love it. Well, here's what I can and can't do. I love this idea of schooling and homeschooling. I am not the person to talk mm -hmm. about homeschooling tips because we are new on this journey and this adventure. Oh, yeah. But really, my area of expertise is with marriage, relationships, and parenting. And so parents who are homeschooling, mm -hmm. and there are, there are tons of parents like us on this new, I would say, adventure saying, hey, we are going to dive oh, yeah. into homeschooling this year. And so, you know, from that perspective of a marriage and family therapist as a coach, I would say the number one thing that parents can do is really to join together on the journey and the adventure is, man, when mm -hmm. parents are united, yeah. when they're together, um, life just works so much easier and things flow so much better. So anything that couples can do to stay connected themselves and then things that they can do to stay energized and excited themselves because, you know, attitudes and emotions are mm -hmm. contagious. So even just going into this new school year, this new homeschool year, um, when parents can be excited about it, the kids will catch on. Does that kind of make sense? Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I kind of use that example like how it is with podcasting. Um, the real cool thing that I always thought when I do an episode with somebody is how much I learn of what what their opinion is on stuff because everyone's entitled to their own opinions. Everyone has a different aspect of what, either if it's even a certain type that to, a topic that I know about, there's some things that I still am very intrigued that I find out that I thought I knew, apparently I don't know. And and one thing I like to use an example of is you learn something new from every episode. Mm. And that's what I kind of feel like with homeschooling on some things. Like, it's not going to be easy at first, but you have to literally find your way, find your your rhythm and ways to be able to help yourself know it, understand it, so you can teach it to your children. And I feel like with this stuff that's going on in the world, yeah, it, it stinks. Like, it does stink. It really does. I mean, but it also, at times, people got to realize that it 
gives you more time to be around your child. Like most times, if you're working the nine to five, if you're working like a hard job, that it's kind of hard to basically connect with your child when you finally go home because you're like, okay, eat dinner, whatever. Probably get him to get do his homework a little bit, but you get frustrated at times because you're you've had a very long hard day, and sometimes it's very hard to actually help kids with their homework at a time when you're very tired. But now it's like, okay, you get up at the same time, you can help them in ways you can, and you find ways to connect with your children in ways that you never thought you could. And I've had that experience with some things with my son is I've, I had a lot of difficulties at first with him, but it's like, you have to literally find your own way to enjoy something out of it. So your son will actually be more into it too, because he goes, okay, if my daddy likes it, apparently I need to like it. Apparently, I can find my own thing to find a way to learn from it. And I, that's, I think that's the only way I could think of that, to go in that terminology on some things. But I, I love how you said for two people to come together and stuff, I just feel like it brings more of a, a, unit, a unity to things. And it brings them it, – it helps – it helps our relationships in a way too, because you're both there to actually help your child. And it also helps have time to spend with your kids that you couldn't have because even with COVID, with COVID now, you have more time to actually have family time and not more phone time, more electronic time, stuff like that. Because I'm pretty sure kids still do that nowadays a lot, but you still have more time to actually talk to your loved ones, talk to your kids and stuff. That's what I love about this type of scenario. And that's what I keep telling everyone is like, you got to think of that type of positive outlet compared to, okay, you're home. What, what's Johnny doing? Johnny's playing a video game. Um, did Johnny do his homework? I don't know. And literally that that's kind of like how that was. But now with COVID, it's just like making people realize like, hey, we need to do more. We need to do this. Apparently we didn't know what we were teaching him at the time. So now, it helps you express to find a way to find something that you didn't know about. It helps you learn, and then you go, okay. It helps you more exciting way to help teach your children. So, sorry for babbling on that, but I, I thought that was a pretty cool thing of what you said on that. No, I appreciate it. And it's just really good stuff, as I hear you kind of being that, um, setting the tone for the enthusiasm, the joy, <laughs> the finding the good in your home. The <laughs> cast. Right now, <laughs> the caffeine's slowly kicking in for me. This is actually the most I've slept in in a while because usually my job, I work at like 4 a.m. So <laughs> this is considered a real good like good sleep for me in a while because I'm not a real good sleeper on time. So I usually maybe get maybe four to five hours of sleep a day. So because I just hate sleeping in more than anything because I feel like you waste a day away on something. It's just like, ugh. It's like, okay, let's go. Like, all right, well, like I said, I'm always on the go or something. See, but, um, so you are running on caffeine uh, right now. You know, oh, yeah, I know. It's going to be rambling crazy. But um, I, w- I really w- want to definitely get you to talk on this. So um, you did say something about with marriage, uh, bonding with marriages and stuff like that. So what experiences – did you experience it any troubling times to actually want you to pursue that? Or did you obviously – have this occupation and stuff like that before you were married and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so really diving into 
becoming a marriage and family therapist was just part of my journey and my story and wanting to learn how to do relationships right. Um, I went through a relationship mm -hmm. that just kind of crashed and burned. Um, thought I knew how to connect well. Mm -hmm. um, but as that old saying goes, we just don't know what we don't know, right? And so yeah. really after this, I said, man, I've got to figure this out. Um, at the time, I was working as a children's pastor. So I graduated from seminary, um, really had this idea of, man, you love God, you um, trust him, and everything else is just going to kind of fall into place. And after this relationship that didn't work, I said, okay, now it's time to go back to the drawing board, find out what I'm missing, and really dive in. And cool thing is, is there are tools, there are strategies out there that work. And that's what Jenny and I love to do is um, help individuals, help couples learn just the tools and the skills that not only work at home, um, but really in mm -hmm. the workplace and in everyday life. Um, because we're finding that all of oh. these things are connected. They intertwine. You know, it used to be that people would go off to work and work would stay at work, you would come home and home would be at home. Um, but now more than ever, mm -hmm. these things are integrating together. You know, pre-COVID, yeah. of course there were laptops, there were cell phones, there were work phones, um, just kind of this slow integration of work into the home place. Mm -hmm. And I would say home into the workplace. And COVID really fast forwarded that. You know, all of a sudden there were people working from right. home and I saw two different perspectives. On one hand, I connected with people who said, Jed, we love this. You know, it's so nice to be able to pause in the middle of the day, go jump in the pool with my kids. We're spending more family time together, like you had mentioned. And they really found a way mm -hmm. to balance it all. I talked to other people who said, mm -hmm. man, I feel like I'm going all the time. You know, it's almost like this feeling of, man, I'm trying to swim across the Pacific Ocean and I've got to do it tonight. Mm -hmm. You know, or this feeling of just slowly drowning in quicksand because now there's no break. You know, whereas there was that natural cutoff of packing stuff up and going, going home, maybe checking email, maybe doing a little bit of work. Now there seemed to be no end to it. Mm -hmm. You know, and they would say, I'm getting phone calls all the right. time. And this is overwhelming. And so what we do is we help couples kind of put together that common tool and that common language that's going to work in both places, at home and in the workplace. Mm -hmm. is what all the research is showing is that the two really are connected. You know, um, employees who are happy at home, they've got about 12% more productivity at work than the average employee. And employees who are just mm -hmm. frustrated at home, they're stressed out, they're burned out they've got about 10% less productivity than the average employee. So here's the thing, if work mm -hmm. um, can really help people go from not happy at home to energized and enthusiastic and excited, it's gonna result in about a 22% productivity increase. And so there's a lot of different reasons to oh, wow. work on your relationship. One, it's gonna make you happier, more energized. Two, it's gonna make you physically healthier. But then three, it's even going to overflow into that work and make you more productive there. 
And so that's some of where we're bringing our ideas and tools and creativity and expertise is to say, hey, relationships, we know they're important, you know, but it's not just about the marriage or the home life, really everything intertwines with everything else. Does that kind of make sense? Oh yeah, most doubt. I, I totally agree with you on that. I definitely want you to keep going so I don't have to ramble. <laughs> love it, love it. But um, I definitely, I love how you said that because I feel like with the way the world is now, it's not like how we used to be raised on. Um, especially with married life, I feel like you have so much distractions that causes major setbacks for relationships and stuff. And everyone loves using the example more than anything. A kid can also make a very hard, let's put it as like a curveball for relationships at times, which I have been tested sometimes, but I mean, it's, you love that person. You literally are going to try to do whatever you can to keep what y'all have. And I feel like so many people give up so quickly nowadays. And it's, it's not just one thing. It's always going to add up to being way more things, but it's going to be like a time where someone can only take in so much. And so they just literally just <laughs> go unhinged. And then it's just like the smallest little thing. It's just, it ruptures it all. And it, it's crazy to believe. I love how you use that because healthy, a, health, a happy household, household makes, goes for a happy life. It goes for happiness outside of the household as well. So I love how you used that example. That was, that was really cool. Thank you. And I, I think you hit on something because I heard you say, man, there's a lot of couples who they look like they're doing okay, mm-hmm. but maybe inside oh, yeah. they're dying or they just feel like they're stuck in between saying mm-hmm. I do on their wedding day and finding that happily ever after. And so, you know, there is that big question of, man, how do we get unstuck how do we get out of that and um can i dive in and just share some of the key principles and strategies um couples can use yeah and so one of one of our favorite one of my favorite is this whole idea of taking 100 percent responsibility for the controllables and i love this idea because this is a strategy that you can use at work it's the same strategy that you use at home And whenever my amazing wife, Jenny, and I are stuck, you know, at some point, one of us will inevitably come back to this principle and we'll say, okay, we're stuck. Mm -hmm. What can we control? That's where we really look at what each one of us can bring to the table. Um, But so often in relationships, it's easy to point the finger at the other person, right? Right. And unfortunately, that usually doesn't work. One of my favorite relationship researchers goes by the name of John Gottman. And he's discovered that couples tend to argue and fight and disagree about the same issues over and over and over again throughout the relationship. You know, there's a really bad joke about a guy who's sitting in a therapist's office. He says, man, you know, whenever my wife and I fight, she gets historical. He says, wait a minute, don't you mean hysterical? He says, no, she gets historical. She brings up everything that I've ever done wrong. 
I think a lot of us can relate to that because we do, we get historical. We point to the other person and say, this is your fault. And let me bring up stuff from the past to prove it over and over and over again. Uh But all the research shows, man, we can point to the past. We can try to change our loved one, but more than likely it's just not going to work. You know, the majority of reoccurring arguments are rooted in fundamental differences of beliefs and opinions and values. And so even if our loved one wants to change, chances are they're going to go right back to doing the same thing, you know, in just a couple weeks or months. Yeah. We can't break our loved one's habits that they've developed over their entire lifetime, you know, in a one hour conversation. Mm-hmm. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like saying like if someone's trying to quit smoking, they're not just going to be able to quit it cold turkey in like a day. It's going to take time. It's going to take. I would actually know what I don't like using that term. I like saying like a gym terminology. So say like if you want to try to get in shape or whatever, obviously you're not going to have big arms and a six pack by the first week that you're at the gym. It's going to take time, patience, hard work dedication is going to find out you have to realize you've got to put so many pieces together to get your goals but you have to keep going you have to deal with the struggles first to get to where you're wanting to go so I love how you use that on that I kind of like that example on some things like I think that would actually be a good example I could relate to that part but that I love how you use that because it's very true to so many things because there's always going to be someone that done something wrong. And when we go back to the time where you were saying something about your cat or you would be the one that probably put something on the floor or something like that. It's always going to be a finger pointed at someone. It's never going to be, oh, we did this. It's someone else. And a lot of people got to realize most of the times when you point that finger at someone, might want to point it back at yourself. And that principle alone is huge. You know, when we can stop and pause and say, okay, Uh I can't change my loved one, but what can I do? Because you and I always have a choice. And usually we have more options and more choices than we realize. Um, Can I share one of my favorite stories? Uh Yeah, go ahead. So I heard this years ago from a pastor and he talked about how he and his wife got married and just had an amazing wedding and kind of the plan was to ride off in the sunset and live happily ever after. Right. He said, Uh you know, shortly um, after they were married, even on their honeymoon, the snafu hit as it always does. And he said, you know, he woke up Uh one morning was walking to the bathroom and just bam, hit his shin on an open dresser drawer, you know, fell to the floor, howled in pain. His wife apologized, said, oh, so sorry. I didn't mean to leave that, that drawer open. He said, no worries, you know, but the same thing kept happening over and over. You know, his wife would leave the dresser drawers Uh open and he would inevitably at some point be in a rush and bang his shin against the dresser drawer. And he said he tried everything. You know, he would tell his wife, you've got to close the the drawers. He tried scolding and chiding. And he said months passed. Uh And this small thing, this dresser drawer, became this point of tension in their relationship. And he said, you know, 
my wife intellectually knew like, okay, I want to close the, close the drawers. But at some point it was so ingrained, it would get left open again. So one day he hit this point that was just that last straw. He was in a rush, running out of the room, bam, banged his shin on that dresser drawer, just howled in pain. Thought to himself, that's it. I've had enough. Grabbed that drawer, slammed it shut. And then paused because he knew this was like the decision point. Was he just going to yell and be upset and make a bigger scene than ever before? And then two things hit him. One, he said, hey, I love my wife. And two, he looked down and said, I've also just solved my own problem. I closed that dresser drawer myself. <laughs> you know, and that was a moment where he said, mm -hmm. you know what? From now on, I'm going to take responsibility for closing all the dresser drawers in this house. It's my job. It's my responsibility. Mm -hmm. And every time I close one, I'm going to think, yeah, I love my wife. And so I'm closing the drawer. He said, from that moment, dresser mm -hmm. drawers were never a point of tension in their relationship again. And when I heard that story for the first time, it was like the light bulb went on. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, some of these minor irritations, these things that annoy me, I can solve them in a heartbeat just by saying, hey, I love my mm -hmm. wife. I'm going to take responsibility for that myself, as opposed to trying to make somebody else do something they're not going to do or they're just not able to do. Mm -hmm. Does that kind of make sense? Oh, yeah. I I love how you use that story because it's such a small thing, but it's a great topic. And it's kind of like, I mean, like how we used to read nursery rhymes and stuff. It was a little subject, but it had a big meaning to the outcome of the story. And like I used with the drawer and stuff, I mean, that's anything with anything in life, like anything small can be help prevented. So obviously, him not close. I mean, him always just yelling at her about the drawer and stuff. He could have just closed it himself, and he'd probably be shin. He wouldn't. His who wouldn't have hurt shin. I was gonna be a smart in a way and be like, why didn't he just wear shin? <laughs> I love that perspective because sometimes with this idea of taking one hundred percent responsibility, man, it's okay to get creative. It's okay to get humorous. It's okay to even mm -hmm. look and be like, well, hey. I could wear shin guards. Doesn't mean you're going to, but the whole point is that <laughs> hey, there's, there's always, always an option, an option B, man. B. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what this idea of taking a hundred percent responsibility for the controllables is all about. Um, Cause I think we mm -hmm. do, we get that tunnel vision, right? And we say, man, option A, I've got to go for that. And we act like that's the only option. Mm -hmm. She said, there's always an option B. And I would add to that and a C, D, E, F, and G. And so sometimes getting out of those reoccurring mm -hmm. disagreements and arguments really is about getting creative, brainstorming a lot of ideas and saying, okay, what else could I do? How else could I look at this? What's good about this situation? You know, but sometimes even those challenges and those trials, they're opportunities to grow. Mm -hmm. I agree with on that. So, um, I want I want you to come and tell me a little bit about some of the books that you've read. So, what? So, obviously, you've had experiences. Is that what really gave you the ideas for the books that you have written? Or I really want to know how, like, you could really 
how many topics did you really use in a book in the books that you were basically preaching lessons about because like how you i love how you use one of the stories talking about just the drawer i mean that that shows a real big a big rock that could really prevent the issues and stuff in, in marriages prevent the issues that he had anger issues going into work or something like that and obviously just more things keep adding up more and more so tell me about some of these books that you've wrote yeah absolutely so one of our say most read books is called 131 creative conversations for couples and um this really comes out of mm -hmm. jenny and i and when we were dating and i just wanted to get to know her and so i bought a simple conversation start mm -hmm. book and we just had a blast we took it with us to you know coffee shops um picnics the beach and really just went through the questions one by one by one and one it was really fun to get to know new things about her um, but two it also gave me permission to ask mm -hmm. because you know sometimes there were things that i wondered but if you just come out and ask a question yeah. it feels weird right because oh yeah yeah you're kind of wondering like can i ask this is she going to give me a funny look and be like well why are you asking that but here's the thing with the, this conversation starter book, it wasn't me asking the question I'm like, oh, I'm just reading through the book. Right. So it was almost like the book asking and gave us permission to dive into all sorts of different, different topics um, and really do what I like to call intimacy. Only I reframe it as mm -hmm. into me see this whole idea of peering into our loved one's <laughs> inner world. Right. That I want to know you on a deeper oh, yeah. level. I like yeah. And so we had mm -hmm. so much fun. At, oh, go ahead. It sounds like, sorry, cutting you off. Um, it sounds like some of these magazines that women read that obviously don't say like single girls and stuff, they always want to know who their significant other is. So they read these compatible tests and they usually believe that this really helps them find their love. But I love how you use that example on that. Uh, that's really freaking awesome because it's kind of like, like if you wanted to ask a girl out in high school that you're so shy to do, and the the biggest risk is just just go up and talk to her, just go up and talk to this person. So I love how you use that. That's pretty. You could have made a great podcast episode. Just with that. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Well, and so that's really where this came from. We had so much fun with this book. We said, hey, we want to kind of continue the legacy and just continue to make tools for couples to um, connect in creative ways. I'm diving into some of the research because I do love geeking out on the research. Um, one of the things that we're learning about mm -hmm. relationships just from a human biology perspective is that human beings are designed to connect. You know, we're made to be in relationships. And what we found out is oh. physical pain and emotional pain tend to register in that same place in the brain. So you've probably heard the phrase, love hurts before, right? Yeah. Oh, Lord, yeah. <laughs> and so that phrase is <laughs> it's just a little bit off because it's not love that hurts, but it's not being able to be close to somebody that we want to be close to that lights up that mm -hmm. same pain mm -hmm. 
pain center in our brain as if we, you know, hit our finger with a hammer or banged a shin on a dresser drawer. And so when people say love hurts, man, there's mm -hmm. really this pain that comes from not being connected to somebody we want to be connected to. And so part of our motivation for this was saying, hey, how can we also help couples connect in a positive, encouraging, engaging way so that they can get out of that downward spiral when there is that disconnect? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so our motivation for these books was one, they were really fun. Two, they helped us. And then three, just we genuinely believe in that power of connection. Mm -hmm. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. So did y'all, so how many, so you said y'all can, y'all had 22 books. So y'all just kept continuing it like as a, like a series or was it like different morals? Yeah. So we've got some books um, that really do have stories and advice for couples. We have some parenting books. I've written a couple of children's mm -hmm. books. And then I would say that biggest series is just conversation starters, conversation starters for couples, um, conversation starters before, before marriage, because I'm a firm believer there are certain mm -hmm. questions you should ask before you get married. And sometimes those oh, yeah, are no harder questions to ask, you know, and then mm -hmm. um, conversation starters for parents and kids. And again, it came out of just my own relationship with my kids. Um, when we were doing a lot of driving together, spending a ton of time in the car, listening to audiobooks, and then talking about them and having just really fun, engaging conversations. And kind of my creative brain started going. I said, I'm having so much fun talking to my kids. Um, just about silly stuff, goofy stuff with the occasional serious conversation sprinkled here or there, I said, I wonder if any other parents would be interested right. in this. So wrote it kind of as a whim, just because I thought I'm gonna enjoy writing it and really became one of our um, more popular books. And I think it just all goes back to that connection piece. You know, we're designed to connect, we're designed to connect with our spouse, we're designed to connect with our kids and in our hustle and bustle world, um, it can be easy to not connect unless we get intentional about it. So really I see these as a, a tool for intentionality. Right. That's, that's pretty awesome. So um, I do want to know, so what, what's some of the experiences that you, that you experienced with some of your kids that actually made you realize like you really did need to, really be with uh really talk to them more so you can understand them more because i know i think we've went back on it before is sometimes those kids when they get to a certain age they really don't want to be around the parents anymore they really don't want to talk to the parents as much as anymore. and i love how you use that uh, i i really actually really want to read one of those books about it because you see it in typical movies all the time. Like when the kids get to a certain age, it's just like they kind of just shelter away from their parents. They kind of like just want to be on their own, hang out with their friends when they want to. And then it's just like, ooh, it's not cool to hang out with mom and dad all the time. 
So is that kind of like some of the experiences that you've had before? Yeah, I think you've said it very well. And that's exactly why I wrote these books and exactly why I'm working so hard to connect with my kids and to stay connected to them. Yeah, I remember when Mackenzie, my first daughter, Mm -hmm. was born and holding her in my arms and just getting advice from other dads, from older dads. And person after person would say, man, Mm -hmm. enjoy the time now because it goes by fast. I remember exactly what I did. I rolled my eyes and thought to myself, yeah, yeah, that's what you're supposed to say to younger parents, right? But here we are, fast forward 13 years, a whole lot more gray to it. And I find myself looking at younger parents. I'm like, enjoy the time now. It goes by so fast. I finally get it. And you're right. You know, those years are coming where it's not (laughs) as cool to hang out with mom and dad. And those years are coming where our kiddos are going to get more and more and more independent. And so develop that relationship now mm-hmm. and enjoy it because it's a whole lot of fun. And even though it doesn't seem like it, because I remember holding Mackenzie as a little baby and thinking, when's she going to do stuff? When's she going to really smile? And when's she going to roll over? Oh, and when's she yes. going to walk? And it couldn't come fast enough. Now I'm like, okay, where's the pause button on this thing? Yes, I totally agree with you on that. Like my wife, she's going to kill me when she hears this. But so my, my daughter is maybe four months old. She looked at me and she goes, what is our daughter Mm -hmm. supposed to do at four months? Like I heard they're supposed to crawl, roll or something. Our daughter's born. eh? She ain't doing nothing. (laughs) It wasn't like in a mean way or anything, but it was just like, is our daughter like well-trained yet? She's supposed to be like properly sitting up or something. Like, I just told her, I was like, give it time, give it time, let it, let it come. And he used to say, our daughter, she kind of crawled a little bit, but she learned how to walk a lot faster than crawling. And he used to say, now that my daughter is zip lining through the house now, basically, my wife is going, okay, I need to go back yeah, to that four months. those are precious <laughs> moments, right? They really do pass quick, like that stage of not crawling, not being, that's just a couple months. And like, it was so funny. Like literally my wife and everybody be like, so how's the, so how's it been with Amber? She's <laughs> like, she does nothing. She just eats and sleeps. <laughs> like, it was so funny. Cause then I go like, don't you wish she was doing that? She's like, Oh Lord, Jess. Like I, 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 totally well, I think first time <laughs> parents don't get it. Cause I certainly did. And I was like, come on, let's get to the fun stuff. Like grow up and be teenagers already. So we can go oh, you yeah. know, hike oh. and fit. You know, and there's really cool stuff now that I'm in this stage. But looking back, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. there was really cool stuff with those tiny stages too. And you can't ever get that back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no such thing as a rewind button in life. And I love how you use that because a lot of us tend when we look at our daughter and stuff. I remember my first moment when I first had my daughter. Mm. I didn't want to put her down. And now she's still at that part where she wants to always be with us, but she, (laughs) her legs move now. So she really wants to be put down more than anything. Like the only time she wants to be picked up is when you're putting her in the high chair to feed. 
And then it's like, all right, back down. Let me run all around the house. <laughs> so it's like, oh, man, Annabelle, like, start crawling to daddy again. <laughs> I lo- well, it sounds like you get it. Because that was really the whole reason I wrote these books. It wasn't to say one stage is better than the other. Um, but it was a reminder to others mm-hmm. and for me to enjoy each moment as it comes. Mm-hmm. And to really grab that just that special and cool stuff that's in each stage. I wish I could say I do this all the time. Wish I could say I've arrived. I think our world is getting busier and busier. (laughs) Back when we pulled couples and we said, man, what's the number one challenge in your relationship? Um, The majority wrote back, man, we're busy. We're racing from one thing to the next to the next. As I read those answers, I'm like, yep, I'm right there too. And I don't want to get caught up. I don't want to get caught up, mm-hmm. you know, where I'm retired and I'm looking back and I'm thinking, man, I miss it all because I move too fast. So for me, some of the conversation starters, yeah, they're about taking a deep breath, slowing down and really enjoying doing relationships well. I love how you use that because a lot of people don't realize that until there's that saying, mm. you don't realize until it's gone. You don't realize what you had until you can't have it anymore. I love how you use that because apparently that, that shows how much meaning your books meant to you. So not only just like basically get it out there to basically make money and be famous or whatever, you brought them out there to help teach parents to be appreciative of what you have at that time because it could always be taken away from you. Absolutely. Oh, I definitely love how you use that. That that means a lot of volumes on that. And I'm sure a lot of parents appreciate your books for that too as well. Well, thank you, my friend. It was honored to be able to come on the show and, uh, share a little bit of our life with you and get to know you and um, pass on some of the stuff that we've been using that's helped us. And I'm hoping that parents and couples who are listening to the show, it's helpful for them too. I think if there's anything that I would leave people with, it is the idea of just keep reaching out and keep connecting and then, mm-hmm. like you said, that whole piece of taking 100% responsibility when there are those frustrations, just looking back and saying, hey, what can I do? You know, because we always have more options, more choices than we realize. Sometimes you always got to go back to the playbook. Uh, I like to use sports metaphors because that's basically what I was raised on more than anything. And I, it's always the same, like, there's always an audible. Like, there's always an extra. Uh, apparently, if that play didn't work, apparently there's always another plan. You can get to that point, but obviously you just got to take a step back, realize, okay, what can I do to fix it? What can, what can I do to make sure it's not my fault anymore type scenario? But I, I love how you use that example. So I do want to finish this off on, um, so what's the future hold? Great question. And... I'll tell Jenny, I am still trying to figure that out. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when when I grow up. <laughs> but um, we're going to continue to write. We're continuing to do podcasts like this one. 
Um, we are putting on a mini, um, just kind of mini marriage webinar this weekend. And our goal is to continue to support couples, um, parents, teachers, really on this journey, helping them connect, and then just find tools that they can use to find that work-life balance and that work-life rhythm. So we don't know exactly what this looks like, but we're really enjoying the journey and having fun in the process. That, that's all you can do. And, and that's one thing I love about doing this podcast is I would not want to do it just to rely on something and basically make money off this. I'm doing this because I enjoy it. I'm very passionate about this. And having guys like you on here just talking about how, how humble and appreciative you are for stuff that you have. It really just brings the, a big smile on my face to really show like, hey, man, there's true people out there that are really trying to make a difference for other people and truly out there to really help people. It's just some people just got to take a step back and realize what you're doing to help yourself and what you're doing to help others in ways. And I it really was awesome to talk to you on this, man. It, it tells you how good of a person you are, how great of a father you are, a great husband you are, because, I mean, those job titles, there's no such thing as a clock out punch. It's 24-7, every single day. You never can stop it. <laughs> Sometimes maybe get a vacation from it, but it don't last long. And um, usually my time, usually to basically just – take away and just be away from the family a little bit. It's probably when I go to the gym and now luckily the gyms are opening back up because now I have a little bit of a spot where I can just go to the gym and relax, maybe just have my, my time type scenario because when it was quarantine gym time, my wife comes in here every time while I was basically having a pre-workout on my system. Basically one, I'm almost about to lift the dumbbell. She goes, I need your help. And I'm just like, I was just about to start because she always argued with me at the time. She's like, why do you still have a gym membership if we have all this workout stuff here? I'm like, this is the example. <laughs> so, Jed, I appreciate you doing this with me today. Um, you want to plug in your uh, – you did say y'all you know, starting podcast. podcast is maybe in our future. Right now we're having fun. Um, I really recommend that you should start. Like this – I have learned so much stuff from doing a podcast and not only that just from me listening to others and podcasts i feel like you get more knowledge from a podcast than what you would from a tv or sometimes from books because it literally lets people bring out who they really are in a podcast in some things because they feel like they just breathe speak freely and they just no strings attached type scenario and man just telling from the attitude and just from the humbleness that you you have so many people would want to listen. I love that. Until we get ours started, we sure appreciate people like you who let us um, jump on their show. And to find out more about us, we're at www.ithrive320.com. So ithrive320.com. And um, just a great place to connect with us. Our books are on there. Um, some of our online courses. And then um, great place to dive into coaching too. Um, for anybody who says, hey, I want to really take my relationship, my parenting to the next level, or just take some of these um, skills and strategies to increase productivity at work and say, hey, I want to connect at home too at the same time. I'm finding that work-life balance, that work-life rhythm. 
some of the stuff we love to do. So Warren, thank you so much. Um, agree with you 100%, especially with that line where you said, man, no there problem. is no more important job than being a husband and dad. Um, very well said, my friend. Thank you, man. I appreciate you just doing this with me. I would definitely love to have you back on in the future. This was really awesome. And um, I actually would like to find out some more info on uh, some of your uh, counseling and stuff, for, like obviously for marriage couples and stuff. I would really like to. Love that. Love that. Anytime. All right, Jed. I appreciate you doing too. this. Thank you, my I hope you have a great day, man. All right, time to get the go home cue. First and foremost, I'd like to thank Jed Chorchenko for joining us today, talking about marriage, family, I mean, quarantine, homeschooling, even the great story he has about his cat. I mean, it was just an awesome chat. And man, I really hope Jed actually considers doing a podcast. I really, I would definitely be a listener for it for sure. I mean, he has such great knowledge, a great great energy like literally jed had very positive attitude through the whole episode just obviously there's so many crazy things going on in the world for him just to stay that open mind be positive and just being a good person speaks major volumes for any person on the planet i'm always worried i'm always uh curious about people's character and i can just tell you right now jed is such a good person a good role model good dad good husband a good cat dad as well as we want to add it in there but man it was just an awesome chat just a blast and man i really really (laughs) i really hope he does consider doing a podcast i mean i really do but it was just a really cool chat and also when i publish this episode we are also going to show uh show the link for the thrive company that jed also is uh doing the his counseling all his great novels all that stuff will be on that link but just amazing and i just want to say thank you jed for coming on uh but man i hope everyone has a great week uh thanksgiving i know most people are off right now i would hope even my job gave it off to us today and we've never had thanksgiving off i haven't had thanksgiving off in the last six years i've been at my job but man it's just an awesome chat awesome fun and literally can't don't stop till you can't get enough but hey uh let's just finish it off like everyone like we always do and uh once again happy thanksgiving to all of you but i hope Everyone, wash your hands, stay safe, stay clean, do what you got to do, protect what you got, and I will be back when I have more buzz down the road. Later!